0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Just James Horror Review. I'm your host, Just James, and today, day 8 of our 31 days of horror classics, we are going to cover The Wolfman 1941. Well, hello there, listener, and welcome back to the Just James Horror Review. I'm your host, Just James, and this, like I said, is day 8 of our 31 Days of Horror. I think it's actually like the 10th or the 11th. I'm way behind. I'm drowning in horror. This is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, but still a lot of fun because I'm doing this. I'm also still covering a couple of books and trying to put those episodes out, so definitely look for those as they come out. But today, we're not talking about books. We're talking about The Wolfman. Oh! Pretty excited about this episode. The Wolfman from 1941 is a black and white film about a man who becomes a werewolf. It is the classic werewolf film. The, the image that we all see of the guy that looks like he's just, you know, too hairy. It's not really like our modern day werewolf films where they actually have a, a dogged shape to them. They kind of have the, the head and the snout and the teeth of a dog, You know, an elongated jaw instead of a humanoid looking figure. And, yeah, I think that's kind of the the big difference. I wonder if this is the first werewolf film. I don't know. I didn't do any research on it. But it's from the 40s, so, you know, I don't know if there was another one put in the film or not. But I thought it was interesting that, I, I guess maybe because of makeup effects or whatever, that's why this one is more of a human shape than more of the dog-type creature that we're used to in a lot of the werewolf films today. I would say, like on our episode of Bad Moon, those are more scary to me. I mean, that's definitely when I think of a werewolf, that's what I think of is just that monstrous shape of a dog human that is just nasty and violent and tearing. You know, it's always about they were torn to shreds. I mean, that's a pretty fucking violent, just just crazy thing to think about, you know, something just ripping you apart. Because, you know, I guess, well, being human or whatever, we think we're top of the food chain or whatever. But when there's something else that comes along that just rags your body the fuck out, it's pretty terrifying. So, yeah, that's always been my thing with the Wolfman. It's just raw power. You know, know, animals that are just vicious and brutal and murderous are always kind of scary. You know, I think that's why we all respect those kind of things in the wild. And, yeah, that's where the fear comes from for me, for the Wolfman. And I actually talked to... My guy Sawyer, shout out to Sawyer from Film Haven Reviews. He is doing his series currently on werewolf Film. so definitely go to his podcast and check it out. He's talking about uh, a couple of different films on there, uh, really great episodes. He always does uh, some really good work when he does reviews. It's not just all over the map like mine. It's definitely a lot more linear and studious, and I enjoy it quite a bit. He also does written reviews, which I think are really cool, too. But anyway, we were discussing the difference between the werewolf films where some are all about the monster. Some are more about the story of the person becoming the monster. Whereas, you know, it's them running or trying to succumb to the fact that they are this werewolf beast. Or they don't know and they wind up killing all their friends and family. Then we have action style werewolf movies. I think he just did one on dog soldiers, so that would be an example of that. And then we have others... Uh, What is the film? I think maybe I saw a clip for Ginger Snaps. I've never actually seen that film. I know. Shame on me. I'm going to do a review on, I think there's two or three of them. I'll do all of them. We'll hit it one day. But there's, uh, is it that? It's some other scene where it's like a cult of werewolves. Like people know they're werewolves and they go out and just murder people. Kind of how a vampire would or something like that. Or what we see in the underworld underworld films. You know, some of them are more action-based, whatever. So there's a lot of variety when it comes to these werewolf films. And it all comes... I guess, from this 1941 film, The Wolfman. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so this film starts out with a... A guy coming back to town, and it looks like he's been gone for a long time. And I won't really walk through this whole film. I just want to hit a couple of high points. For one thing, the guy that plays the wolfman is massive. Either everyone else in this film is really short, or this dude is like 6'6". I mean, he just seems to tower over everybody. He comes home after being gone forever. I don't know where he went. I don't know if he was in war, or if he just left his small town to go do something else, whatever. But his dad is someone important. They, their family lives in a mansion, and he's some well-to-do fella. And he comes back and his dad's like, oh, I'm glad you're back. You got to take over the estate. It's time to start getting to know this town or whatever. And they wind up getting a package in the mail that's a part of a telescope and not just, you know, your kid's telescope in the bedroom. This is like an observatory telescope that they have in their freaking house, just to give you an idea of how rich they are. So he goes up there and replaces it, takes a look through the telescope. And what's the first thing he does? Well, he gets to peepin through some lady's window. So You know, look, I don't know if this was a part of the film where they're trying to say like, oh, here's our werewolf, but he's also kind of a dirty dog himself, you know, or what. Or if it was just a sign of the times and, you know, how these films are kind of dated. But, yeah, he goes peeping through this lady's window and then he goes, you know, he can see where she works at, goes to visit her at work and then talks to her about how he was spying on her through a window, but not before trying to play it off as, oh, well, I'm psychic and I can tell everything about a beautiful woman. I mean, lays it on fucking thick. And then he gets to be pushy. He's, like, forcing himself on a date with her. And, oh, you know, I'm not a prude. I can argue both sides. Like, she was kind of, she seemed like she was kind of into it. But if she wasn't, I mean, the dude was just all over the place. And then she's like, well, I got a husband. I don't want to meet you later for a date and all this of stuff. And he's like, okay, great. See you at eight. I'm like, fuck, dude. Could you be any more annoying? You're the worst kind of dude. This film also has Bella Lugosi in it. Now, it is, like, ten years later from the film we just reviewed, a couple of days ago. So he's in here, so it's kind of cool to see him not all dolled up in the vampire stuff. In this one, he plays a gypsy who is actually our original werewolf. And he he does a good job. So yeah, he's, and I know he's been in a lot of movies, not just the vampire one, but he kind of was typecast into that after the vampire movie to where he's done a lot of horror films. But anyway, so our main character, the guy, the pushy dude, who kind of forces his way onto these ladies, he's in there talking to this woman And really it kind of turned me off for the whole beginning of the film. Now once he gets bit and they have their first killing, the movie gets a whole lot better and by the end turns into a pretty cool movie. It's got some pretty cool stuff in it that I really enjoyed. But in the beginning, you know, he's harassing this lady. He ends up meeting her after work or sneaking up on her after work at like eight o'clock when he said he was gonna show up. And she comes out wearing the earrings that he had perved out on. So, you know, you can't tell, like, is she into it? She's kind of is, she kind of isn't. But she also just said that she was married and has a fiance, or she's either married or has a fiance. I can't remember. Not really that important because the dude plays a total fucking simp through the whole movie. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. But good for her. Guy creeps up on her at eight o'clock and her, her, uh, her homegirl comes out of the store and you can tell he's all deflated. He's like, Oh man, I can't date rape this one. <laughs> you know, but he does. No, not really. But he does look disappointed because she brought a friend with her and rightfully so, homie, you just came into this place and forced yourself on someone for a whole hour and said you were watching them through their window. Of course she brought a friend. She probably thinks you're a fucking serial killer, but <laughs> well, he's not Come to find out he's a werewolf. Well, he wasn't then, but he becomes one. So, you know, anyway, she's. Justified in the way she was feeling. We they go on a date, and the date they decide to go on is there's some gypsies in town. Some gypsies are in town, and they're like, Hey, let's go get our fortune told. So, apparently, when the gypsies come to town, it is a party, like a traveling carnival, because there's dancing and music, and like all this. Well, I'm sorry. Nope. That's later on. They go to the gypsy to get their fortunes told and it is the Bella Lugosi character, and he goes to read the friend's fortune, and a pentagram appears on her hand, and he's like, oh, no, you must leave, and so she's like, oh, well, what the fuck, you know, what's, what's going on, he's like, come back tomorrow, so she goes to leave, he goes somewhere to freak out, and she's like panicking, running through the woods, but well, guess what, our main character and the girlfriend have gone off in the woods to neck a little bit, you know, and that's when they hear her scream, He goes out to see what's going on. He sees she's being attacked by a wolf, a dog, something. What is it? I don't know. But he goes over there and beats it to death with a cane. Now, why is this cane significant? Well, I skipped over that part. In the very beginning, when he goes to her shop, he's looking around for something to buy to just kind of like have a reason to be there. And he's like, well, how about these canes? And he pulls a couple canes out. And he's like, oh, this is an interesting cane. What is this? It's got a dog on it. And she's like, uh, that's a wolf. It's not a dog. And he's like, oh interesting what's this uh, star on the back she's like oh that's a pentagram and they just start talking about werewolves like it is the most common knowledge of of just like everyone in town and they even they hammer this to death she says well everyone knows that and then she goes on with this little quote that you'll hear like six times before like in the first 10 minutes of the film she says even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf's veins bloom and the autumn moon is bright. I guess it's supposed to be scary or foreboding or kind of like setting you up for what's coming, but it's annoying is what it is. It's not even cool. You want it to rhyme, it doesn't. I don't know where it comes from, but it seems like everyone in town knows this for people who don't seem to believe in werewolves. It's just all over the place, so anyway. She tells him about that. She tells him about this cane. And he's just like, a werewolf? What is that? Stick? Well, that's a very rare piece. It shows the wolf in the pentagram, the sign of the werewolf. Werewolf? What's that? Oh, That's a human being who at certain times of the year changes into a wolf. You mean runs around on all fours and bites and snaps and bays at the moon? Oh, even worse than that sometimes. What big eyes you have, Grandma? So she tells him about it and this whole time he's been kind of, like I said, flirty or whatever and then she's like, oh, it cost I don't know, it, however much. It costs this much. And he was like, for a stupid old piece of wood, are you nuts? And then he starts being aggressive. I was like, damn, dude. This is just, you know, I, I try my best to be a decent human being, right? And then like when, you know, other people make it hard by being asshole, you just can't help. I don't know. It's just a weird scene. Just it, watch it. Let me know what you think. That whole opener in the in her shop, it's just—it's just weird. It's just really weird. It's out of place. It—it kind of made it for a clunky start for me for this film. Anyway, he gets the cane. That is the cane that he's using to beat this wolf in the head with, and eventually kill. So he kills the wolf. He goes back home. He's been uh, bitten and attacked by this thing. His clothes are kind of jacked up, and you know he's got a bite wound on his chest somehow. And just goes home to sleep it off. Well, he wakes up the next morning. The cops go out and investigate. They find the dead girl, of course. And they also find out that there is a dead man there. And who is it? It's Belagosi's character. He's dead there. There is no wolf. So they come back to investigate. Oh, and he left his cane there. This cane is the second star of the film. It's just all throughout the film. So anyway, they find the cane next to the dead guy. They go to question him at his house. And they're like, hey, uh, you want to tell us what's going on? He's like, yeah, I was bit by a wolf. I saved her life. You know, I wasn't the only one there. Whatever. Goes through the story. And they're like, yeah, well, when we got there, we just found a dude with his head bashed in. And we found your cane pretty much, you know, with skull all over it where you would bludgeon this dude to death. And the guy's like holding the cane and like waving it at him. And he's like, well, yeah, of course that's my cane. But I didn't do that. I was attacked by a wolf. You guys seen it? And he's like, look, I got a bite on my chest. And he opens his shirt. No bite. Wound on the chest. Oh, classic werewolf! Like you know, oh shit, what's going on? You know, hysteria kind of thing. And that's another thing that plays out throughout this movie. You have one side who just believes that werewolf stuff is all just myth and hysteria or whatever, and then you'll have like the gypsy family who you know say this is very much real and they believe in magic and and all this kind of other stuff. And that kind of plays back and forth. Where when this dude actually becomes the werewolf, they're like. You know, there's just something wrong with your mind. You know, you, you're you letting these gypsies fill your head full of these lies, and you're starting to believe it. So anyway, all this stuff happens. They don't arrest him or anything. They just let him free, but they're just like, you know, we might have some questions for you later. After all, I guess because this dude's just some dead gypsy by a tree that they don't, <laughs> they're not going to make any arrests. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, they know something's up. So they just, the the detectives and stuff are like, we'll, we'll just keep an eye on it. Well, he ends up getting his cane back, and it's funny because the Girlfriend goes back to her shop and she's there with her dad, talking to her dad about whatever. And a bunch of, I guess it's going to be the family of her friend that died, they come in straight hen housing her. You know, what I mean, just total, just talking mad shit. Like, well, what was she doing out there with that man? Where was her husband? Why was she out there? My daughter's dead because your daughter's a whore, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, she's like, well, I can tell you a thing about that that guy, you know, the, the, the tall dude, the rich guy that she was with, he's like, well, I'll tell you something about him. Well, about that time, his big old behemoth self comes walking through the door and he's like, oh yeah, well, will don't you go ahead and tell me something about myself? And he's waving that cane that everyone knows he just beat a dude to death with. And so they all get super scared and just like back out. And he goes in to comfort her and blah, blah, blah. The movie goes on. Now we'll say you don't have to wait that long before you start getting into some werewolf stuff. So of course... Why it's a big deal Everyone gets into the transition scenes That's never been the best part of any werewolf film for me They look cool or whatever But I don't know It's just not ever my favorite part So we have our transition scene in here Now it's not You never really get to see his face You get to see his face I think like detransition But never transition if I remember that right The first thing you see is his feet It just has his feet laying there And then they start getting hairy And then they start getting fat And then he has big fat hairy dog feet And then the hair starts to move up And eventually it's on, you know, it just shows him like behind the classic scene, black and white, of him behind the tree, kind of peeking out with that big, like, bouffant that starts at his chin and goes all the way to the back of his head. All right, so a couple of things happen, but just some of the other big notable scenes in here is at some point when he is getting hunted by the townsfolk and they don't really know who they're hunting for just a beast or something they don't know it's him necessarily he gets his foot caught in a trap and the gypsy woman finds him now he's in full werewolf mode at this point but he's just kind of passed out from the pain or whatever and she does some kind of like little gypsy spell on him and you see all of his hair fall out and he goes back to his human form wakes up has no idea what the hell is going on and frees himself from the foot trap and takes off Well, he at some point he's trying to tell his family like, hey, this is what's going on. You got to do something. His dad ties him to a chair, not actually believing that he's a werewolf, but just does it to kind of like, I guess, get it out of his mind. Like, I'll do this. Nothing's going to happen. And then you'll still just be tied to this chair and we can put all this to rest. But before he does that. He goes to see the girlfriend, which isn't his girlfriend. It's some other guy's wife who he is still continuing to hassle and try to be with, I guess. Goes over there to see her one last time. And what does he see? A pentagram on her hand. Now, what's the significance of that? Well, for one, the werewolf thing is associated with the pentagram throughout this whole film. I don't know if I've ever actually heard that anywhere until this film. But yeah, they all go like hand in hand. If you're a werewolf, you have a pentagram mark somewhere on you. I think his was on his chest where he got bit. And even his dad's like, well, that could just, you know, things can scar up any kind of way. It's whatever. They just blow it off. Which is silly. But something, if you're the werewolf, you can see a pentagram on the hand of your next victim, so you know who's going to die. But that brings me back to the whole Matrix thing of, you remember when he knocks the vase off, and she's like, well, if you, what's really going to cook your noodle is thinking, would you, if I hadn't have said anything, would you still have knocked the vase off? I think that pentagram on the hand is the same thing because so who he sees it but the is it the werewolf telling him that that's the next person you're going to kill so the werewolf part of him can tell the future because i think about all the variables that go into being that is his next victim because he's running through the woods with a whole search party after him this girl was like you know locked up in a house or something he was tied to a chair all this other crazy stuff but somehow he knows this is going to be the next person he kills Not buying it. It was cool, though. Still cool. Cool effect. They show a little pentagram on her hand in the same. That's the same thing that Legosi saw in the beginning on the one girl who died in the woods, the original uh, her friend or whatever. All right. So they send out another search party because it's another full moon. And his dad's out there. Everyone's out there looking for the werewolf. And there's a cool scene here where the dad runs into the gypsy woman and they have this whole conversation about how, like, I don't believe you. I don't believe all your you know, magic, mumbo-jumbo, whatever about this, and she's like, oh, you will believe, and she talks some pretty stone-cold shit to him. It's It's a good scene. And then shortly after that, the dad gets attacked by the werewolf. Now, the dad is carrying this cane. Remember I told you about the cane? Now, the end of the cane that everyone's been beating people to death with has a silver end. Has to have silver to kill the werewolf, right? This mythos holds true in this film as well. So, the dad gets attacked, or... No, no, no. The werewolf is attacking the girlfriend, the one that had the pentagram on her hand that was marked for death. She's being attacked, the dad rolls up, he's got the cane, he starts baseball swinging on this thing, ends up just beating it senseless. I mean, he just keeps whacking and whacking and whacking and eventually this thing dies. And the gypsy woman sees this, she comes over there to him, she does her little spell, which causes him to de-transition from werewolf back to man. And that's when the dad realizes, oh, shit, I've killed my son. I've killed my son, the werewolf. And it's a pretty heavy scene. And the fact that she did that after they just had this conversation of not believing each other and, like, talking all this mad smack or whatever, it's some really eat crow just desserts kind of thing that that happens. So it's a, it's a good scene, and the dad, the guy who plays that character, plays it off very well. You can just see kind of the, you know, he's distraught or whatever. But, and then that's it. And then the girl who was marked for death, who we thought was going to die, she comes over there and she's like, oh, my God, Larry. And I think because I think the guy's name is Larry Talbot. That was his name. She's like, oh, my God, it's Larry. And then they all look at each other. And then the film ends. If there's one complaint I have that's consistent through all these old films is they just straight up end. I, I guess because if you were to talk any more about the film, it would just all fall apart because of all the holes and things that don't make sense or whatever. And that's what most of them you know, maybe it would be too distracting to try to explain everything, but they just—they just end. They're so abrupt. There's no slow letdown. There's no comfortable ending or anything like. It's just this happens. Someone reacts, ah, and that's the end of the film. So, yeah, I know I kind of breezed through that one, but that is the Wolfman from 19. 19- 41 i'm getting behind on these i'm gonna try to catch up tonight i'm watching some mummy film i can't remember what it's called it's not the mummy it's a different one because honestly a lot of the black and white films that i want to watch from the 30s and 40s i can't find them anywhere i mean on streaming even to rent any freaking where so i'll keep searching for those but it looks like we're going to end up hitting a couple of the b side type black and white films coming up but who knows either way i'm your host just james this is the just james horror review 31 days of classic horror films for halloween i hope your month is kicking ass i hope your life is kicking ass take care i love you and i'll talk to you tomorrow